Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined, as always, now that he has stopped neglecting his work duties, by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, welcome back. How's it going? We're, we're back, baby. One week away. I missed you all. That's it. No more breaks for the rest of the draft cycle. I'm in for the long haul. I'm feeling dangerous tonight, Metcalf. How are we doing? How are we doing, sir? I missed you. I, I don't say it enough. I missed you. I, I'm fantastic. I, I, you know, I'm a little jealous. So you're putting your now wife ahead of us and the NBA draft. I mean, priorities. Come on, get them a little straight. No, yeah. I'm obviously, I'm kidding. Um, we saw pictures. Pictures. You both looked stunning. Congratulations. Hopefully, you had some rest and relaxation that was much earned. Uh, but it's good to have you back. Yeah, it was. I appreciate the the compliments. I'll pass it on to Mrs. Rucker soon. But um, yeah, very very happy. Has that gotten weird yet? The the Mrs. Rucker? No, no, no. It, it feels pretty good. I mean, <laughs> I've had to keep saying it um, for everyone. A little fun fact: my my wife, when we were getting wet, uh, married, she wanted or getting prepared to get married, she wanted to have us come out to NBA Jam and get introduced our bridal party as uh, like player introductions. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, I am marrying the right woman. So um, that was pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, I, I'm pumped. Uh, I'm so like, un, I can't believe a week away of just relaxing. Like it's made me the most energized <laughs> I've ever been for the draft cycle. So I'm very excited. Um, I promise you guys, I planned this on purpose. Don't tell her, but I planned this on purpose to get back with all this stuff right before selection Sunday. And now I've just, we're full speed ahead until after summer league. So we're going to be good. And speaking of Selection Sunday, uh, we will be having a live stream going on on Playback. Uh, that the link and all of that info is you can find on our socials at no ceilings NBA or at no ceilings NBA on Twitter um, and all of these socials. Um, but that's Sunday. We're talking about tournament time because yes. we're in the the heart of conference tournaments right now. Um, so. Rucker, obviously tournament time is when we start our scouting and really heavily weight all of our decisions and rankings on tournament performances, correct? No, no, we don't do this at all, (laughs) but a lot of people like to do it and it's okay because we love them too. Now, you know, the important thing to point out here is um, for everyone that's been listening with us all year, like we love you, you're the diehards, but there's a lot of newcomers come in because the NBA is winding down its final seasons. Everyone's starting to closely monitor the lottery standings. So welcome. We missed you folks. It's been, you know, welcome back. It's been a while, but um, now we're starting to get a little bit of a grasp for, for where these players could go in the range. And this is a big time of the year for the tournament, obviously, because there's a lot more eyes watching. Um, There's a lot more national attention. A lot more fans are tuned in to kind of see, who's the incoming slate of prospects for the NBA draft. And obviously we've been talking about them all year, but now this is time. This is time to make a statement. If you're one of those guys that's, you know, maybe you're looking at just getting into the first round, but if you have a strong tournament run, you might be sneaking up into getting in the 20 range. And 
it happens. I mean, for everyone out there that's a diehard evaluator, you can go back and see it. It happens every year. I always talk, there's a there's a buzz in the tournament. If you can get hot in the tournament, you will climb boards in a hurry. So um, it's going to be interesting to see Metcalf, especially with, you know, we got conference tournaments going on right before Selection Sunday. So it's going to be fascinating to see who heats up. What are you thinking? Yeah, and so I generally don't put much weight into tournament performances mm-hmm. um i like i'm right lean, there with you i like to lean more on the you know first 28 games of the season um but it, it, it is a nice kind of barometer of how guys hold up in bigger moments and handles stress and adversity and all of that kind of stuff um i i do, do you kind of tend to do the same thing or do you will you give guys a little bit more of a bump um if they really do show out or, or does it really more depend on what you saw um from them in the earlier parts of the season. It's, it's a little bit, I would lean more towards, I don't really do much um, adjusting. And, and unless one area I think is really important if you're a scout is the pressure is going to hit at an all time high for some of these guys. You know, this is, if you were a kid growing up trying to play basketball and go to college and play basketball, this is the dream. You're, you're going to the NCAA tournament. You're hoping that you can make a final four run and, I think as these kids progress and you get those crunch time minutes where all of a sudden you're trying to see what a young teenager can do when it's the biggest stage, can they, can they rise to the occasion? That might tell me something. That's something I might make a note of is, you know, like if I have a guy ranked 15th and I really, really think he's a lottery guy and I really want to move him up. And all of a sudden he goes on to have three games in a row of fantastic crunch time minutes and makes huge plays. I might be like, okay, I might need to go back and re evaluate everything now so i'm not gonna all of a sudden move a guy up from 20 to 10 because of his tournament play but i think it's if you can have a strong stretch like paulo bancaro last year was awesome in the conference tournament and and tournament play i feel like it was you saw a different playing style though like he just started being a playmaker and we were like this is exactly what you've been waiting for so it's kind of a catch-22 but i'm not gonna completely overhaul my evaluation on someone just from this next week and a half. You know what I'm trying to say? What about yeah. you? No, I, I, I'm in the same boat. Uh, the one that kind of stands out to me the most since I've been doing this uh, in terms of like really moving them uh, was Dante DiVincenzo. Um, yeah. The national championship run that that Villanova team had, because I, I kind of had him in the sec, like, you know, early mid second, there were tools that I liked. Um, but then I, he just took his game to a whole nother level. That one's kind of paid off. Dante has been a really good pro. Um, but I never year, I, there was all this Brady Manic hype last year, you know, Johnny Juzang before that. And that's not to discredit these guys as players or right. single them out individually or anything. They're just a couple names that come to mind because of recency, but there's going to be guys like that this year who just have an awesome tournament. They get hot. Uh, you know, Kemba Walker from way back in the day was, you know, incredible big East run, but he was also an awesome player before that, but he showed that he could really just take over a team almost single-handedly um, and just r- make an incredible championship run. And, you know, he held up to that for the most part in the NBA as well. So there are always outliers, but I, I, I always lean on the bulk of my evaluation and I'm not going to let, you know, two, three, four, five really impressive games vastly swing it um, unless it's kind of like a guy like Dante DiVincenzo did where he's really starting to piece it together, getting a bigger opportunity and really performing at a high level all the way throughout. If it's just 
still more flashes or it's like, okay, this guy's taking horrible shots, but they're all going in. It's like, okay, well, he's just hot and making a lot of shots right now. Is that really any change or difference in his game? Not really. So it's always kind of taking it with a grain of salt. I like to watch the tournament more as a fan and less as an evaluator. Obviously you can take stuff from it, but it's more so, okay, how, what are the intangibles? How are they reacting to situations? How are they handling the pressure, the crowd, the lights, all that kind of stuff. Um, and less focus on the actual performance. I like how you put that. You know, I like to watch it as a fan and not as an evaluator because an evaluator's work. Evaluator's tough. Like it, it is, it's hard to switch off from it. I'm guilty of it. I'll, I'll still be watching and be like, oh, come on. Like, you know, but I also love to watch this time of year as a fan. And yeah. I will warn everyone before we dive into too much discussion. If you've been evaluating all year, if you've been with us in the grind, in the trenches talking about the draft, do not get upset by some of the big boards that come out of nowhere the next couple <laughs> of weeks because all it's going to take, like, and I'm, you know, if Grady Dick had 40 a game or, you know, 30 a game, just goes on a crazy heater, you'd see some big boards out of nowhere that's Grady Dick's my third prospect. I'm like, don't get upset. It's just, I'm telling you, this is the buzz. Everyone, it's, I'm not trying to call anybody out, but there's also some NBA guys that are, they're going to try to be catching up on their scouting in the next couple of weeks. And, I get it. I understand it. I also know there's guys that's been grinding. It's just the time of the year. And, you know, NBA guys, most of them are working NBA. They're trying to get their teams in the playoffs. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, let me catch up on some stuff, you know, conference tournaments, March Madness. So we'll see. But I'm excited. I mean, the coffee is is hitting at an all-time high right now. It is. It tastes extra good in the morning. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus All right. Well, let, let's get into it. So we're, we're going to be kind of covering some guys who either have a lot to prove, you know, in this time or, you know, could really see their stock rise by good performances. Um, but I think a good place to start is talking about some of the big names who unfortunately aren't going to make the tournament um, this year. Some of the ones that kind of jump off the page, uh, Cam Whitmore, uh, Judd Howard, Kobe Bufkin, Taylor Hendricks, Gigi Jackson, Max Lewis and Bryce Sensabaugh are most of the names that I kind of keep seeing in the first round. Um, where do you want to start? Um, so, and for everyone listening, like we're just projecting, like unless they win their right. tournament, they're right. in trouble. They like, we're, unless Nova wins the tournament, their conference tournament, unless sensible wins it, they are in serious trouble. But um, I would love to start with Whitmore. Um, 
I've heard some rumors on the streets that we might have someone at No Ceilings that's writing about Whitmore as people are hearing this. So um, go check that out. No Ceilings NBA.com is absolutely free. That might have been so Whitmore played against Seton Hall. I snuck away. So I'm, I'm so sorry to my wife. I snuck away. I watched those highlights. <laughs> I can't believe I'm admitting this. I watched those highlights and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Like, what happened to Whitmore? Why does he look so good? And then I was pacing around the room of like, I'm missing everything. What's going on? <laughs> so, so then I was like, okay, I'll just put it away. I'll go back. And then um, I thought he looked very fluid in that game. I just was like, okay, he looks like a guy that's starting to all of a sudden look a little bit more of like what I thought he was going to in the beginning of the year. And then I just watched the the last game against Georgetown. Yes, I know it was against Georgetown. Shout out Patrick Ewing. I'm sorry. Too soon. But he looked unbelievable. Yeah. And now for a guy that I was kind of having towards the bottom of my top 10 – I'm having a tough conversation with myself in the middle of the night of, do I need to start believing again? I don't know, Metcalf. How did you feel? Just thoroughly impressed. Um, You know, listeners may remember that earlier in the season and going all the way back to summer, I've been kind of the most skeptical about Cam Whitmore, I think from the no ceilings crew, or at least one of them um, where he's been in, you know, the back third back quarter of my lottery for most of the year. I wasn't really buying the shot. I didn't trust the feel. I thought the defense was kind of all over the place, more so off ball than on ball. Um, And if the shot wasn't there, my, my big problem with the shot was that the arc on a shot was all over the place. Somewhere line line drives. The next one would be a rainbow. The next one would be perfect. And there's just no consistency with it. He looks really fucking good right now. Um, And it's consistent and it's a lot of the same stuff that he was doing earlier in the year that's slowing down for him on both ends of the floor. And he's really simplifying his game on offense, which I think is so, 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 so important for him. Earlier in the season, he would try to string together like these really, you know, prolonged series of crossovers and spin moves, um, you know, which look good. They're like, all right, cool. You have a sharp handle, but you're not going anywhere with it. You're not doing anything. You're really easy to guard right now. You're chewing up clock. You're dribbling the air out of the ball and you're just expending a lot of unnecessary energy to take a bad shot or shot through um, contact. In the last two months, he's simplified stuff down where he's using just a simple head fake or a jab step or just waiting until the defender leans one way and then he's attacking the other way. And he's so goddamn explosive that that first step is impossible to contain. And then once he has a, a path to the rim, you're not stopping him. He's uh, like six seven two thirty five. He's built like a goddamn defensive end. He is so explosive. He's so strong. And the fact that his scoring game has simplified and improved throughout the year is really, really encouraging. And then you factor in the on-ball defense, which I think could be really special. The off-ball defense, I think, will come in time with more experience and all that kind of stuff. And as the game continues to slow down. But I'm just thoroughly impressed with him right now. I think that the the ingredients are starting to slowly come together. You know, the 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 pan's heating up and everything's slowly mixing in the pot. It just, 
the defensive stuff, like you're saying, is, is something that really caught my attention lately. Like, I feel like he's a little bit more engaged, and it feels like his legs got some life now. And I'm not saying he didn't before, because, I mean, all he has to do is get a fast break, and you see his lights light up. It's like the Grinch getting ready to go rob Whoville. I mean, he just gets so amped, and that is a, you know, shout out KOC for the semi truck with Ferrari speed um, pro comparison on his draft guide today. But that is a 18 wheeler coming at you. And it's like, what are you going to do? Like he, he just, that first step Metcalf is terrifying it's, right now. It, 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 it is goodbye. The moment he gets by you, he has so much power. It's like, well, what yeah. am I going to do? Cut him off and try to shoulder bump him to get him. Off. Like you can't do that. He's too powerful. He, I don't care how small of a sample. His last four games, he's averaging 16.5 points and six rebounds with shooting splits of 57, 53, 81. I mean, he's starting to believe right now. And it sucks because this is the perfect tournament guy that all of a sudden would just be clicking and we'd be like, oh gosh. So like I'm, they got one more game. It's going to be a tough one. I, I want to, I want them to go as far as they can in their conference tournament because it would be awesome to see him play as much. But now this is the stretch where I'm like, okay, I thought we were going to maybe get, if he was healthy all year, I thought we were going to get this in the middle of the year and which I was going to be like, okay, Whitmore's looking really impressive. But now I'm like, oh gosh, he's going to become one of the most fascinating guys potentially in this top 10. Cause you could talk to me. If, if I see that version of Whitmore, you could talk to me at any number. Like, I think I joked with our group chat after that game, and I was like, I know Detroit Pistons fans are dreaming big, but Whitmore would be a fun one right now with that. I mean, if you had Ivy and Cade and Whitmore, whoa! Um, and Duran, you know I'm trying to say? and I don't know. I'm I'm very intrigued now. Now I'm getting all that hype I had in the beginning of the season is coming back in a flurry. All right. Uh, I think another guy who's really – you know, just steadily climbed up boards. Uh, the, the sickos have been on him all year. Uh, Taylor Hendricks, where are you at with him? Still impressed. Still like what I've seen. Um, I know I just went on a rant too far with that. Um, he had another good game today, just filling up the box scores, had a couple yeah. steals, had a couple blocks. I, I just, I think you're trending towards an area where he's going to be one of the safer guys. What about you? I mean, what are you thinking about him? Are you warming up to him Metcalf? Or are you still kind of, no, I, I really like, I have him at 15 right now. And you know, oh, he's, in that, him. he's in that group where, you know, he could be at 11. And you know, those guys in that range are really interchangeable to me. My big hang up on him is that he, he can't really dribble or create anything off the bounce at all right now. But what I kind of keep coming around to with him is, does that really matter for who he's going to be in the NBA? And I don't think it does, because what you're going to want from him is weak side rim protection and off-ball shooting. And at a baseline, that's that that could be an NBA starter. Um, if the ball handling and self-creation ever does come along, now we're talking about someone really scary. Um, defensively, I think is where I kind of differ from a lot of people right now. I don't see him as twitchy and as quick laterally where he can really guard like down and, you know, really cover the guards. I don't see that from him yet. Um, I still think he's a little stiff in the hips, but his size, his footwork, his balance, all of that is really encouraging. Maybe one day he gets there. Um, 
but I, I know a lot of others are a little more confident in that ability from him. Um, but just the, the kind of, I, I hate this trope, but the three and D baseline for him, I think that's more than good enough to be, you know, top 15 right now. I, I, I agree. He's in a great range for this class. Um, and I don't mean that as an insult to every other prospect. I think he's in that perfect range right now where we've been talking for a couple months of like, there needs to be someone that takes over this area. Yeah. And I thought hood Shafino had a shot to get up there. Um, I think he is in there in that range. Personally, I think Hendricks has a grasp of it now. And, um, you know, Sam Vecini today on his thing, he said he, everyone he's been asking around the league is saying that like what's the one guy that could go earlier than his range and they were saying taylor Hendricks. like a lot of guys were like i wouldn't shock me if he gets drafted earlier which is like if even if you have him ranked 12th or 13th on your big board he might go eighth you could just one team falls in love with them there's a lot of teams when you look in the lottery standings that i'm like man they could really use taylor Hendricks. and i'm right there with you metcalf i think his skill set's really intriguing where like you don't need him to put the ball down on the ground and try to create you just need him to do what he does best I love that you brought that up about the defense because I think a lot of people have been like, oh, he's an unbelievable defender. And I'm like, wait, what, where are we talking? Because I like his instincts and his shot blocking, mm-hmm. but the the hips and switching, I'm not there yet too. So not to say I can't get there with, you know, six espressos and four hours of film, but, you know, we're not there yet. We're, we're still grinding. So, okay, love that. What else you got? Hit me. All right, well, let's jump to three other guys who – have even bigger question marks with uh-huh. their defense. Uh, Bryce Sensabaugh, Max Lewis, Gigi Jackson. Uh, talk to me. Sensabaugh is, gosh, man. Shout out Nathan. I love Nathan. Um, CEO of the Bryce Sensabaugh fan club. I, love, I think I him. think Corey has him higher. Actually, I I take that back. Corey has taken over control of that company. Of I, I forgot about working that. Working from the shadows, working in silence. Bryce is a bucket. I just watched their whole first game, then watched the game against Iowa because I just got a bone to pick with Bryce Sensabaugh. Shout out, Bryce. Come on the pod. He's he's a bucket. He's really good offensively. Yeah, yeah. The first game, I watched him play defense, and I was I texted the group, and I was kind of serious. And I think you guys all thought I was joking. I was like, does he get in a stance? Like He was just no. like kind of standing there like – feel like it was the older brother just waiting for the younger little brother to like try to do something before – I don't know. I he's a bucket. If you need a bucket, you better go get Bryce Sensible. But I, I don't know how I feel. I feel that, like he's a guy that needs the tournament for some people to more people to fall in love. But I, if if they end up winning the Big Ten tournament and making it to March Madness, and he starts having a big game or two, I people will fall head over heels for him oh because he's God. exactly that. He's a tough bucket getter, and he's just surgical in the mid-range i don't i worry about how that translates because i don't think he really creates space all that well i don't think he gets to the rim all that well but from the mid-range his mid-range jumper is nasty oh, and i nasty. think he's got really impressive shooting touch that you know down the road or in the in the future near future too uh will be really effective from three i know um there was some inconsistency from him that this year from there but i don't really have any concerns over his shooting it's just kind of everything else. And I, 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 
It's I, tough I, because I his, his one skill is great. It and is. It's if, elite. If you like, have a great skill, you should be going in the first. I'm like, I'm not saying if you only have one great skill, but if you have an elite skill that could help an NBA team, you yes. should be going in the first round at some right, point. Which he does, and he should. It's just he's he, what I keep going back to. He's just not my type of player because I I really like guys who play defense. Yeah, we all know that. The whole town knows Frank. <laughs> he doesn't. Um, what what I will say, I and so this is gonna sound like a massive insult, but oh, um, I love, this. I love <laughs> it when you rough out. <laughs> his defense kind of reminds me of James Harden's, where in the post oh, yeah. he's strong enough and holds his own down there. Um, but he's also a guard, so how often is he really going to be defending in the post? And it's all, everything off ball where he completely falls asleep or just randomly roams and tries to gamble and gets caught in a bad spot. I don't like his perimeter defense. He's strong. He's strong as shit. Awesome rebounder. Awesome shot maker. First rounder for sure. I'll leave it at that. And let me correct myself before someone gets pissed and tries to clip it, which I love when you guys do it. It's like the big, biggest sign of flattery. His elite skill is a very desired skill right now in the NBA. His elite skill is he can score very fast from all over. And that's what teams want. Um, that's why I believe he's going to go in the first round. And I, he has times where he looks like he tries to compete defensively. I'm just like, can you just do this 20% more? <laughs> and I will be very pumped about it. Like, uh, and I don't know. Where do you have him? That's the last thing I'll say before we move on. Um, I, I'm i scared. I'm going to be second. so low. Uh, 23. Oh my gosh. I do too. <laughs> Love this. All right. Who else did you have on that list? Okay. Um, let, let's talk quickly about Gigi. I know we've talked about him a lot. Yeah, we this need year. to talk about him. Um, getting a little scared. Not not an ideal season for the young man uh, or that team. The talent's really enticing. The size, the athleticism. Um, I think there's kind of a lot of very sensible to him. I think they're really, really similar players where there are concerns about the playmaking, there are concerns about the rim pressure concerns about the defense, but the ability to get to their own shot and make those shots, especially in the mid range, make these tough fadeaways. Uh, I, I'm, I think he's going to have really serious shooting range, um, but there are a lot of question marks. Yeah. Tough close of the year. Um, he puts up five against Tennessee comes back has 22 against Mississippi state then puts up nine against Georgia finishes with 24 against Ole Miss. So unfortunately his shooting splits have just been not fun all year. Last four do, games. Do you what? worry about his actual shot though? Or do you think that's more shot selection shot selection? Um, the shot looks very, very pretty. I, that's going to be my Intel guy. That's going to be my Intel guy. I want I want I want to find out some stuff. I want to find out if he's got good Intel or, good, or you know, just all over. Like there's just that's going to swing I at one point had him closer trending towards lottery. Now I'm I'm trending towards late teens. Um and for everyone out there that's Adam and he's still a top 10 guy. God bless you. Love you. Um, the talent is a top 10 guy. Mm-hmm. I think the talent and how young he is. But I just have questions. 
in the beginning of the year, I was very excited. I don't know. I just have questions, but guys, I am making big boards right now. I have my gauntlet coming up and it's a beast of I'm going to go back and watch everyone <laughs> and try to watch it. And Gigi's at the top of my list. Cause I'm Gigi's going to be a tough evaluation. Cause you're going to have to keep reminding yourself. He's supposed to be a senior. He's supposed to be a senior. He's supposed to be, a, you know, and young playing in the sec. So that team was tough. Gives me a lot of Anthony Edwards vibes when it comes to the team and surrounding pieces. Um, I don't know. I, I like his tools. I just, at what range are you? Cause it is a gamble. And yeah. this isn't against Gigi. This is a no. gamble. You're, you're rolling the dice on a young kid who was the number one recruit who just got the keys to the castle at, at South Carolina and the sec. Where are you comfortable with taking that? If it's top 10, you better be sure. Cause that, if you swing and miss in that at top 10, you might not have a job. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, that's a big one. That's a risk. Yeah. And all, all year or, you know, bulk of the year, he's kind of fluctuated in that 11 to 16 range for me. Um, he's, I have him at 16 right now and I don't feel good about it. I no. feel like I should have him higher, but then there are a lot of days where I'm like, I should bump you down even further than I already have. But I kind of just keep going back to, okay, situation, talent, athleticism. What are the tools? What could he be? What was he expected to be coming out of high school? Um, and it didn't feel like he really got better this year, which is concerning. Um, but again, does that play more into the player or the situation? It's it's going to be really tough to really get a hold of him. Um, but the, I think the talent is kind of pretty undeniable that there's a lot there to be un, you know, unlocked and taken to a next level. I think throughout the year, we sh- we saw stretches of him trying to do some really important stuff. Um, later in the season, I thought there were some games where he was a little more adamant about getting to the rim instead of settling for those 15-foot fadeaways that he loved all season. Um, that's a habit that's really going to have to be getting broken out of his system because he, he, you can't, that can't be your go-to when you're this young yet. When you're that athletic, that big, you have to get to the rim a little more than he did. Um, so I, I think landing spot, obviously it's important with all these guys. I think it's going to be incredibly important for him because he is younger than all, basically everyone else in this draft and how that team kind of develops him and nurtures him through that rookie contract is going to say a lot about that organization and a lot about him. Um, anything else on Gigi? No, I, I'm I'm spot on. I, I completely agree with you there. And I don't want everyone to think that I don't like Gigi. I love Gigi. I think he's yeah. got a lot of tools. I just think he, you got to go to the right organization. You got to have a plan. You got to have patience. Lot of upside. And But there's got, there's, it's not just Gigi. I've got guys all over on my board that I'd be like, man, I, I'm scared if I'm taking him top 10. I would not sleep well because it's just a roll of dice you know um but if you get him at a certain range maybe if you're a team like utah you got two second round or two first round picks and you get gg as one of them that's a kicker like whoo that's a great spot you never know all right um last kind of three names we had on the list jet howard kobe buffkin both the michigan guys who that michigan team just kind of sucked for most yeah, of this I, year that, that had um, to hurt to say out loud. I'm sorry. No, I mean, they, they couldn't shoot and they couldn't defend and the off the cool kind of dynamic 
inventive, imaginative offense that they were running at the start of the year, where they were running Judd Howard off of screens and letting him make a myriad of decisions. Um, it disappeared second half of the season, and they just went to posting up Hunter Dickinson 4,000 times a game. Um, it didn't work in case any of you were wondering, but uh, and Jed Howard struggled with an ankle injury this last month or two. I don't really take a ton of stock into him struggling. Uh, I don't think he's, you know, the top five, top six guy that some people had him at early in the season. Um, you know, I was guilty of flirting with that myself. I think he's more kind of back half of the lottery. I think the shot's going to be really good. Um, I thought he improved defensively too throughout the year, not, to any point where it's like, oh my God, this guy's an awesome defender. But it's like, okay, you're holding your own. You're not getting back cut every other play. You're not getting blown past on every drive. So, yeah. I love him. I, I think that's going to be – there's two ways this happens. Jet's going to start trending towards the late lottery. He's going to get in one private workout, and there's going to be a report that Jet Howard lit the gym on fire with his shooting – then he's going to start heating up again, or he's going to be on the draft night. He's going to be on the board at the 11th pick, and someone's going to go get him. Like someone like uh, Golden State, if you know, right now they're at 19, might be like, nope, we're going to go get Jet Howard. Like he will be a desired uh, commodity. I, I, it's a tough end of the season for him. Um, I was pulling because I wanted him and Kobe to get as much shine as they could. And, it would have been cool if they made a little run, but um, I think someone's going to steal Jet, and someone's going to steal Kobe Bufkin, too. I, I, I've loved what I've seen from him in the last month. So shout out to Metcalf again. You were you were spot on on that early in the year. Yes, yeah, so, I I've been trying to push Co- Kobe Bufkin on the group for since opening night, basically, and we're starting to see him pop up in uh, the first round in some mock drafts here and there. Do you think there's an actual chance he goes first round, or do you think he's gonna that he could even return next year? I don't think he should return. I think I think he's going first. Um, he's he's got he's he's taken a massive step throughout the year. That's the progression you want to see. He's yeah. also young. He's supposed to technically. I think he's right on the border of like he should have been a freshman. Am I correct? Yeah, he, he's it? a super young sophomore. Yeah, super young sophomore. Good size combo guard. I think he's got some nastiness defensively. His shot looks much improved. I've loved the playmaking flashes. He threw a pass today. Um, all these games are blurring to me. It was today. They played today. Yes, yeah. they lost. Yes, thank you. Um, he threw a pass that it was like a drive, wrap around, bounce pass, and a guy just like completely brick hand it. And I was like, oh gosh, that was such a beautiful play. So I think he's that's a talent. Um, I got him at twenty one, Metcalf. Proud of you. Thank you. Um, any thoughts on Max Lewis that we haven't expressed before? Um, I think I think that's going to be another guy that people are going to start cooling on that I don't know if – I mean, some team's going to be happy if you start cooling on him. I, I, I'm going to be interested to hear – here's an important thing for everyone. Um. We all get excited to go on social media and see those workout videos during the pre-draft process. These guys also have a lot of workouts in which they go play against guys. And you hear stuff from people of like, oh, he he went and played. He kicked the crap out of them. Like I hear it's one of my favorite stories to hear every year. Like, oh, he won't go play there because of blah, blah, blah. It happens. It, you know, agents are smart. They're like, oh, no, he'll go kick the crap out of my guy. 
Um, I'm trying to figure out who was. I think Halliburton was one that I heard. And I can't I can't name who it was from, but someone told me he said, Oh, he went to Vegas. I think it was Halliburton who went to Vegas. He said he just kicked the shit out of everyone. <laughs> and I just started laughing. He's just like, Oh, wait, was wiping the floor with and it was like some big name guys. Um and I think he was also just like bouncing around, trying to get everyone pumped up, like energetic. And I was like, "That's that's what you want to hear. That's the vibes you want to hear if you're you're looking at a guy to draft him." So then he just goes twelve. Like, what the hell are we doing? So um, I don't know. I I just I, I lost my train of thought. But um, <laughs> who were we just talking about? Uh, the X. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> so like Max seems like this wild card guy that could go and I'm not saying he's going to be Halliburton, but I'm saying he could go and maybe you're hearing Max Lewis is putting on a show because he got some moves in his bag. He might mm-hmm. be a guy that goes and workouts and just people are like, what the heck is going on? Like this guy's got size. He's got length. He's raw. Like this guy looks fantastic. So sorry, my brain fart there. I see what happens when I started thinking about Halliburton. I was just like, Oh, okay. I remember how fun that was. <laughs> Um, I like him, Metcalf. I think that team was tough. I'm sorry for all the diehard Waves fans listening <laughs> to this podcast, but that team was tough. I thought Maxwell Lewis was great considering what he came into the year with his expectations. I think he's still got fantastic talent. I think someone's going to get great value. And I mean, consider the terror he was on to start the year. Yeah. There was no way he was keeping that up. So I think now that he's he fizzled out, everyone's like, I don't know. And it's like, that was going to happen. What about you? Yeah, I, I just I, – I, I like him. I'm not sure I love him. Uh, the defensive stuff has concerned me all year. Um, we've talked a ton about the offense, about how he was really trying some complicated stuff for where he is in his NBA development – or his, his overall basketball development, um, I should say. And it was – really advanced it was tough and it wasn't always falling and then we saw the kind of percentages and efficiency fall but it wasn't really necessarily different than what he was showing in the beginning of the year it was complicated it was advanced it was stuff that you want to see a young guy try so i think there's a lot there that he can build on i think there's a really exciting foundation um but i think it may take some time to really pull all of that out of him to a level where he's contributing positively on both ends um, to an NBA team on a nightly basis. So I, I just get a little hesitant because I feel like guys like that don't always get the opportunities necessary to flourish. And that's again, where landing spot becomes so important because some teams and organizations are way more patient and facilitating all of that stuff than others are. You're a GM. Maxwell Lewis and Bryce Sensabaugh. Oh God. They're back to back. <laughs> um, based on my rankings, Max Lewis. Okay. If you're the GM of the Timberwolves, is that answer the same? Uh, the, the, I mean, this is a fun one. No, I'd probably go Sunsaba. Because they just I think need that a, makes sense. They they need a bucket getter off the bench. I, I think if you were a team that could afford to be patient, yeah you would take Lewis and potentially find gold. Yeah. I think if you were a team that was like, we need this now, you would go get sensible. But I I think Lewis, I think he has scary upside. So that's all I was going to say. That was a good okay. one. It's a fun one. Let's get into some of the guys who could be 
who could have a lot kind of riding on these tournaments. Um, I sent you a list earlier. I'm, I'm going to let you kind of steer the ship here and pick what whatever direction you want to go in. Um, I, I really... I need to talk about one guy. I'm struggling. Um, so let's do this. Nick Smith. Um, for everyone that's, you know, wanting to hear more. Nick Smith Jr. Going to Arkansas. Freshman guard. Been dealing with some injuries all year. If you're just trying to get caught up. Was projected as a potential top five pick. Top four pick at the beginning of the year. And, um... Right now, he's not trending that way. For me, on my personal big board, saw some mainstream big boards today and some mock drafts that also look like they're slowly trending in that direction too. Know some no ceilings guys have him trending in the same direction as well. What is Mr. Metcalf thinking? I think Arkansas needs a very big tournament run for Nick Smith. Yeah, um, I have him at 13. I'm still intrigued, but they're just kind of keep being red flags. They're popping up left and right with him. Um, I know the pre-college expectation and talent was awesome. I know he struggled with injuries this year, and that could be playing a huge, huge role um, in why you know he's kind of been super inconsistent this year. There have been some really awesome games. There have been a lot of really down ones. Um, my big thing with him is that he always looks sped up that the game looks really fast for him when he's trying to create on ball he's really quick twitchy and frantic and i don't mean either of those in a good way um and i think that when you're still like that at this level it's going to be a really steep learning curve um adjusting to the nba pace and size and athleticism um if you're kind of already struggling with that in college so i i know Corey's all year been pitching that he's not a point guard and i'm coming around a little more to that idea because just on ball he doesn't look comfortable um and you know just you look at his synergy numbers he's in the 33rd percentile is pick and roll ball handler um third percentile on handoffs. He only ran seven possessions out of isolation this year and shooting off the dribble. He was in the, you know, his jumper's good. He was in the 52nd percentile shooting off the dribble. I don't really have any concerns about the jumper, but the ability to kind of create a sh- create his shot and just calmly and consistently and reliably run an offense and operate within the offense. I have yet to see that on a, consistent basis it i'm just i'm struggling to see like the uh, the shooting it looks really exciting like he looks Mm -hmm. like he's gonna be a floor spacer i'm i'm just struggling to see the all of the school like the skills that are gonna get me to be like oh he's a top five guy like right yeah. now I'm just seeing a lot of other guys and I'm sorry. There's a lot of other guys that probably don't have medical concerns right now because we've been looking at a, a guy with a knee concerns all year. So I don't know. I I'm just on the fence. Um, I think Arkansas needs a, a big run regardless. Um, I was really excited about this team. If they had their full health, 
but I don't know. I'm I'm right there. We also I just got a text while I'm while I'm a little frantic. Uh, I just got a text that Anthony Black got hurt. So oh, I'm really wonderful. really Perfect. not happy about that. Um, live on the air reaction. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully he's healthy. I haven't seen it, but um, just sounds like he was grabbing at his leg or something. So. Perfect. Anyways, um, Metcalf, you go ahead. Pick the next one. Let me. Read um, well, Anthony Black was on my list, but that sounds. Um, let's talk about a guy that we both love in Jordan Hawkins. Yes, let's talk about Jordan. How high could he go? Well, I wrote in my piece at NoCeilingsNBA.com, plug number two. I am back. Um, I wrote a little section. I said, why can't Jordan Hawkins be a top 20. And then I said, why can't he go in the lottery? And I firmly believe in that. Um, I've moved him up. I got him at 17. I'm struggling. Not to <laughs> Are you kidding me? me? Do you really? <laughs> Stop stealing my. <laughs> you also mentioned a number earlier and I was like, wait, I have him there. And I didn't say it out loud. I forget who it was. Oh, no, you, you said Nick Smith at 13. I looked at mine. I had 14. I was like, whoa, we're getting close again. Um, but I look, I have Jordan at 17. And I keep looking and I'm like, he could go lottery. Um, I know people are thinking that's going to be crazy, but this is a, he has the skills to be a desired wing. I think he's the best movement shooter in this class. Yes. Um, I think he's the best off ball mover too. Yeah. I mean, I love his game. I love he looks like he would be a problem to deal with defensively. He runs forever. I think he's got some nasty athleticism to his game. I, I just really, really like Jordan Hawkins. I think he goes lottery. It would not shock me. He that is a guy that will tear some pre you know pre draft workouts apart. He'll. I would not want to be. <laughs> I would not want to be dealing with Jordan Hawkins in a potential scrimmage setting. You know, with those workouts. Yeah, and I I think this UConn team has a lot of potential to make a deep deep run in both Big East tournament, obviously, and the NCAA tournament. And if he if they do, I think a big reason for that is going to be because he's really hot shooting, and when he gets hot, he can light up the roof on fire. I mean, he is incredible. When once he gets going, once he finds that rhythm he is absolute hell to deal with from a defensive perspective because you're chasing him at various speeds all around the court. He never stops moving. His cardio is incredible and his shot looks the same, whether it's the first minute of the game or the last and whether it's the first attempt of the game or his 20th. And that's really hard to do and a real testament to his conditioning and how much he's honed those mechanics. Um, I think he's also a really good on ball defender. So if UConn does make a run, I think he's a guy that we could really start seeing creep out of that late first, early second into more of a top 20 range. And, and he's, he's a sophomore. Yes. Like this isn't some, you know, old junior. This is a six, five, 200 pound sophomore with athleticism, some nastiness. Like he'll come down the lane with anger Mm-hmm. Um, can shoot the crap out of it. He's been consistent. He's he averaged five points a game last year. He's up to sixteen this year. Like he's had a great sophomore year. He's eighty-seven percent from the free throw line. Um, 
I think there's a lot of upside with his game. I I wouldn't shock me if he flirts with the lottery at some point, and maybe he's getting up to where we look up and Jordan Hawkins goes 11th. Like he just has a, a lot of tools in his game that teams really are always looking for or always desiring, especially now with the NBA, like three point shooting and movement shooters are more desired than ever. Like Golden State Warriors would like to, you know, have Jordan Hawkins. He'd be a match made in heaven with that team. Um, I don't know. I love his game. Every time yeah. I watch him, I absolutely love everything. And I'm, I'm right there with you. I think there's some defensive stuff that really is just waiting to get unlocked. So, Yeah, and, and just to, to kind of put the cherry on top, I mean, 86th percentile in off-screen scoring, uh, 96th percentile in spot-up scoring, uh, 80th percentile in all jumpers, 87th percentile shooting off the catch, and 94th percentile shooting off the catch when guarded. He's he's a sharpshooter. He's lethal. He's nasty. And whoever gets him in the mid to late first round is, I think, going to be absolutely thrilled. Yeah, he's going to go somewhere and it's going to be a highway robbery. Um, I mean, if I was a Knicks fan, I'd be screaming for Jordan Hawkins. Like, I know Albert is with our group chat. He's just like, oh, gosh, can I dream? But, I mean, any team could use him, like, the Lakers could use them. like it's just the Pelican. Like you get to an area where it's like all these veteran teams, all these playoff teams that want to, you know, obviously some things can change, but those teams could all use a guy like this. It's like go in, shoot the crap out of the ball, run, run a mile and tire out the, like he's just a weapon. I, I think there's a lot of, I also don't think he's just a three point shooter. I think there's a lot of upside to the, the three level scoring with his game. So I don't know. All right. Uh, where do you want to go next? Um, let's talk about the prodigal son, Adembona. Had a big game today. Um, had a double double, three blocks. Apparently, not getting enough love in the mainstream big boards, and I don't like it. What What am I missing? I don't know because I think this might be the best defensive big man besides Victor. Yeah, I've been saying that since. The new year. I know you have. That's but no why one I'm listens to me, Rucker. <sighs> I'm kidding. I love everything he has in his game. I don't understand why this isn't a more desired asset for a developmental big with terrifying upside. He's unbelievably fun to watch on defense. Yeah. His, I, I think he might, you know, pound for pound, be one of the most versatile defenders in the country. Um, is it just the lack of offense, you think? Or I, I feel like it has to be. Um, because I mean he's I thirty-seventh percentile in post ups, but when you look at, you know, the you know, more kind of fringe play finishing stuff, cuts seventy-third percentile, offensive rebounds, eighty-fifth percentile as the role man, fifty-third percentile in transition, ninety-ninth percentile. You're, he's never gonna be a guy where you're like, hey, go get your own shot. How many centers are there? What four of them in the league? Like that's not who he's going to be, but he's going to finish plays at the rim all of the fucking time because that's what he does. He's uber athletic. He never stops working. His motor is nonstop. And then he is, he can do whatever you want him to do defensively, where even when he does get switched out onto opposing guards, he's getting down in a defensive stance like Davion Mitchell does. Bigs don't 
do that. He's moving his feet and cutting guys off of their drives. And then even when they do beat him, he has the length, speed, athleticism, explosiveness to recover and then turn away the shot at the rim. I, I don't understand what I'm missing with him. I think his defense, I've said it before, I think he could, if he hits his you know, 90, 95th percentile outcome, I think he could be an all-NBA defensive player down the road. I think he is that good, that athletic, and works that freaking hard. I mean, he's averaging almost 7-6 and six in his last 10 games. And now, while people might think, and he's shooting 71% in that, with two blocks. Um, and while people might not think that's that impressive, that's only on less than four field goal attempts a game. Like he doesn't get a lot of shooting opportunities. Like he doesn't shoot yeah. a ton. Um, that wasn't including today. He had a double double and with three blocks. I think he's, I don't think you're crazy. I think he's got really serious defensive upside. Um, he is not going like you're echoing. He's not going to be a guy at the next level that you give the ball and say, go to work in the post. There, there really isn't you there. Like you're saying, there's what Jokic and bead are the two guys you're being like, we're going to give you the ball whenever you want it. If you're triple teamed, I'm still going to make sure the ball somehow touches your hand because you're that effective. But like, who's the other defense or who's the other centers I'm blanking right now. Like who, who am I making sure they touch the ball in the post? Towns, Towns. Uh, so, so but that's kind so of a, a more of like run the offense through you. Right. Um, Anthony Davis, depending on how you classify him, I guess. Yeah. When he's on the court. Yeah. Right. Julius Randall, depending on how you classify him. I think he's more of a power forward. Um, yeah. Randall's find the ball though. I don't know if the ball finds him. He finds the ball. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, like it's a small group. So like when we, yeah. I, like I, th- I think that comes into more more of that kind of philosophy discussion of when we look at these guys, kind of similar to Taylor Hendricks, what we were talking about with him, where, okay, he can't really self-create, but does that matter for what he's actually going to need to do in the NBA? And if the answer is no, then why are we weighting it so heavily? And I mean, I'm not trying to downplay one of my favorite guys when he's healthy, but like, if you're a big man in the NBA and you're athletic, you can go set screens. You can play really good defense. You are going to get paid. Robert Williams was my guy. I love Robert Williams coming out of college. I've loved him with the Celtics. He's a good playmaker, which I think yeah. a lot of people don't realize. He, he was that at AM too. Yes. And Robert Williams is fantastic of like, he does his job very well. He rebounds the shit out of the ball. He blocks shots. He makes life terrible for people when he's a defender. Uh, Clint Capella went to Houston. They literally just said, you're going to set screens, rebound and block shots. He got paid. Now he's in Atlanta. He puts up numbers like Bona has really scary power. Yeah. When he wants to get up, he will go through everyone. I mean, we're talking about Cam Whitmore as a semi truck. This dude is a tank coming at you with speed power and he can get places fast. So I, I think he should get drafted this year. I think someone should, if you want to say this is the pre-draft shit, I don't care. I hate that terminology. This is a pre-draft guy. Go get him, get him and reap the benefits down the road. Cause I love his tools. I think he's got great talent. All right. Uh, what direction do you want to go in? I don't know. I'm having so much fucking fun. Sorry. Excuse my French. Um, 
I love Colby Jones so much. I love him. Where are you at with him? 20th. Could, could be 17th. I've got him at 16. Call the press. Um, I love him. Let's see what he's got right now. They're, they got less than a minute left in their game, and he's 9 for 18 with 20 points, 6 boards, 2 assists, 3 steals. I think this is the guy that's going to get overlooked, and he's going to be another guy that just you steal. Versatility. Um, just, you know. Lunch, pail, and hard hat. Punch the clock. Go to work. I just love Colby Jones. I think he can play. So I don't want to keep that too long. I know we've been rambling on some guys. No, I'm just, I'm just going to run through his synergy numbers to show just kind of his effectiveness and versatility. Uh, 90th percentile is pick and roll ball handler. 72nd percentile spotting up. 69th percentile in transition. 81st percentile in handoffs. 84th percentile on cuts. Um, what else do you want from him? Um, he, he's just the epitome of consistency and reliability uh he reminds me a lot of josh hart um he's just gonna be good it's a good one yeah he's just gonna be good he's gonna be one of these guys that can make you know yeah albert i I, I think said it in his article sorry i haven't read the whole thing yet but i think albert gave a little nudge to josh hart with the knicks you know all that stuff sorry go ahead metcalf no i I just think he's gonna be one of these guys that makes a good team great but not necessarily a bad team good um and those guys are really important to contending teams. And I think he's going to make that type of impact on a playoff team. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, this is a little bit of a spicy. Um, I think the idea that everyone's chasing with Anthony black, I think Colby Jones could be that to a a team picking later. Like I think teams are going to overdraft Anthony Black, and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to, but I think teams in the lottery are going to be looking at Anthony Black at 6-7, crazy playmaking skills, maybe this connecting piece that really could be a very, very big addition to us. And I think if you miss out on getting Anthony Black and you're picking later, you might look at Colby Jones and be like, hey, he's not 6-7, but he's 6-5, a little older, maybe not the, the higher upside, but we might get a very, very nice connecting piece. Cause he can just do a lot of stuff and the shots looked fantastic this year. I thought it's, it was the one thing missing in his game and now it looks like it's there. And I think he's stocky. I think he do could play like, don't mm-hmm. overthink it. This is, this is dude. that's going to play a long time in the league. So that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm not there, but hit me with some other ones. Who else you got? Rapid fire me. Are you, um, you don't need a rapid fire? I'm, we're back <laughs> together. The crew's back. We can take some time. I, I I need some help with two of the Duke guys. Um, I do too. So Philip, we call this the Duke Hour. <laughs> well, I don't know to what the to Duke do Hour, where everything's safe. Um, I'm really struggling with both. Um, don't know what to do. I'm I'm kind of, of course, we're recording this after Filipowski just had like 22 and zero. I think he had zero boards today. Uh, I think it may have been one board, zero. Oh, it's basically uh, 22 and nothing, more or less. Um, Which is fun. I know he only played 16 minutes because they just kicked the crap out of uh, whoever they were playing. I don't know, Metcalf. I, 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 and I'm also out on your boy, Dariq. 
Yeah, I I keep I have him at eighteen, and I want to have him so much lower. I just kind of keep clinging to a lot of the high school stuff that you know. I I know some people were less than impressed with it, um, but I, I thought the blend of what he showed as a junior and a senior um, was a really nice player. But he looks unsure of himself. He still looks, you know, kind of heavy footed. Um, he just doesn't look like he did in high school. And it's, it's weird. Like all of the explosiveness is gone. I don't know if it's just that he's not a hundred percent or fully in game shape, or maybe these injuries had more of a impact on his overall athleticism than we hoped for. Um, I don't know. It, it's, it's tough. I, my, I'm not done with my big board. We have spoiler alert for everyone. We have a update coming up soon. So we're all getting ready to submit our personal big boards. I would say I feel pretty good about my first round. Um, probably need to tinker a little bit. My second round's a little bit of a a war zone. And um I don't know what to do with Tariq because I have him very low right now. How low? Twenty six. Okay. And before everyone freaks out, here's my thing. I'm getting pretty aggressive with my big board this round. Usually the year throughout the year, I get to a little tinkering and now I start to go get guys. I start to move guys of like, Hey, I believe in you. Like I've loved Colby Jones all year. That's why I moved him up to 16. Cause I said, I believe in Colby Jones. Now by the time my final big board comes around and I've watched everyone, maybe Colby Jones ends up 19th on my board. But right now it's, this is the point of year where I'm like, these are my guys. I'm, I'm believing in them. You know, I'm moving guys up that I believe in. Um, and from what I've just seen from Derek all year, I'm like, this isn't a guy that I'm there yet. Now, some stuff could happen in the next couple of days. I don't know, but, I'm, I find myself married to the high school film, which is what a lot of scouts are going to do as long as the medicals come around. And that's what NBA scouts are going to do. They're going to be like, one year doesn't tell everything. I have to remind myself of that. I will say I've seen some flashes since he came back that have really intrigued me. So maybe I go back and reevaluate. But there's just also some other guys that I'm like, if I'm a team picking in that range and it's Chris Murray or Derek Whitehead, and I'm a playoff team. I don't know. I think I would maybe be like, well, is Murray the safer guy right now? Or is Dariq the swing? And Dariq has some scary tools, but I just don't know. I, I, I just looked like a different player. Yeah. But I don't know. That might be me overthinking after I wrote an article about overthinking. So um, there's just some other guys in that range where I think things are going to get a little interesting. Like I'm already looking at some other guys. I'm like, well, he Derek could be above him, but everyone's gonna think I'm say, crazy. I have no, I, I don't. I don't think you are because a, a lot of you know you look at ESPNs or the Athletics and you know all these other mock drafts, and he's been to late twenties now. I mean, I have where Turkavion. he's I have Turkavion over him. Mm, okay. I love Turkavion. I love him. I think every. I think everything I've seen this year is what I've needed to see from Turkavion. And I know that's spicy, but it's just kind of where I'm at. Where I don't know. Yeah, I have Turquavia on 28th. So that's fine. That's okay. We got him slot. So here, just, you, you had Derek. Where, where do you have Jalen Wilson? 
Uh, 29. Oh, why? What does he have to do? I feel, like he's, I feel like he's good. I don't know. I, I just, I worry about the outside shot. The, the outside shot just isn't where I want it to be. Um, but and the defense is really good. And the playmaking is also about three steps behind where I would want it to be. My I still thing with Tariq, first rounder. My thing with Dariq is I get to a point where I start weighing them with these guys that are considered potentially like safer upperclassmen, maybe lower, lower upside guys. And I'm like, if I'm picking at some range, like what is, what has Dariq done this year? That's made me convinced of, you know, I'm good yeah, moving fair. forward. I promise it's not trying to go. This is just like where I am confused right now with Dariq's stock. Cause I'm like, I don't know where to put a number on this because I'm throwing his game tape almost in a weird way out of the building this year, yeah. because it's been so all over the place. The first time he came back from the injury, he looks so rusty Then yep. he just comes back. His outside shots look fantastic. His defense, he's shown some flashes where I'm like, okay, are you, is this, are you back? Did right. you have a stunt double for the first return? And now you're looking fantastic. I'm just going to have to take the full slate. And I have him low right now. Like I said, when I submit my thing, all of a sudden it might be like, okay, I'll put him at 20, but these are also what I'm doing. Cause I'm trying to, trying to screw with my own head. You know, I'm trying to be like, okay, f- why do you have him low? Why would you have him low? Now move him back up. But what else you got? All right. Let, let's talk about Filipowski quick. Um, why? I'm kidding. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't, no. What is his go-to skill? As a high schooler, I thought it was going to be like the outside shot and playmaking. And I feel like both haven't really been there on a consistent level. Would you agree? Yes. Um, I, I feel like the, the passing has almost disappeared to this point. Um, he seems like he's a shooting guy. He, he seems like he's trying to be and spot up scoring. Yeah, there you go. Not great. Um, he seems like he's the idea is that you want him to be Laurie, but he's not doing it at an efficient rate. So then I'm like, okay, so what are we doing here? And I love Filipowski. He plays hard. He plays his ass off. But I'm also like, should he go back? And he's also on the 34th percentile shooting off the catch, 21st percentile shooting off the dribble. I don't think he goes back because I think he won't. He's he's getting first round grades everywhere. I I have him just outside. I just I I know the shot looks good, and that's like Corey and I talked about this the other week, where it's like, do you believe in the shot? Yes or no? And if no, then he's probably not a first rounder. If yes, he's probably top twenty. And I think the mechanics look fine. But the shot selection and shot creation is, I think, bad. Um, I think the ball handling is bad, um, at least when he tries to do anything more than a straight line drive. Um, and just the the final result of the shot, it's all over the place. It's either perfect or clanging off the other side of the backboard or barely hitting the rim. It's just all over the place for me. And nothing he does feels easy. When you're like, okay, show me his easy his easy points. There really aren't any because all of his shot creation is let me just 
try and barrel through my defender. All of his post-ups are just trying to go straight through the chest of his defender. All of his drives are the same thing. And when he tries to go behind his back or between the legs or something, he fumbles the ball. I know I sound like a dick and like I'm being really harsh, but that's just what I keep seeing from a game by game basis. I love how hard he works. I really like the defensive footwork. Uh, he's a little upright in the stance, but he's a seven footer. So I don't expect him to get down in the stance. Not everyone's a Dembona. Um, I love the motor. I think there's stuff there to build on. I'm just not sure how realistic it is compared to theoretical. I, I mean, I, I'm probably the biggest hater of, of all. I, I feel bad. Um, I got him at 46. Holy shit. I, I know we got some diehard Filipowski fans out there that are going to come for me. Um, and this is my point is I've played this or that with all the bigs and I keep getting to a point where I'm like, no, I'd take him. Like I'd, I'd take trace over Filipowski. Same. And then I get to Bona. I would take Bona over Filipowski. No, same. I've yeah. And then I get to Derek lively. I'd take Derek lively over Filipowski right now. I be, and, but I'm throwing systems out right now. If, if, if my system needed what Filipowski can do or what you think he could do. Yes. Filipowski yeah. very high on my board, but like, I think I've seen Lively's defense. Like I, and I, I'm, I'm buying lively again. I, I, I think there's a, a role for him. The one I get to, and I still like Noah Clowney a lot. So I would take Clowney over him. The one I get to, and this is where I probably could move Filipowski back up is Deron Holmes. And I think I could have that debate and it might change because I like when Holmes plays tough, but I think Filipowski would give you a little bit more versatility in theory, but like, could you convince yourself that Tubelis has a little bit more versatility? I just, and it's not ripping on the guy, but this is where I'm at of the season. I'm like, what is Filipowski doing? Because everyone could be like, oh, he shoots it really well. I'm like, does he? Has he really been shooting it great all year? Like, I just, no. it's, this is the, this is the time of the year, folks. You got to start asking like, okay, why do I love a guy? Why do I not like a guy? And there's going to be guys I don't like that I'm going to go watch their film all year and be like, I was wrong. And Filipowski might be one of those guys. But for every time I'm watching them, I'm just like, okay, yeah, he puts up good numbers. He's putting up box scores. But, like, the percentages, the efficiency, is it there? Or is this just the guy on the team that needs a guy to score? Filipowski's scoring. I'm not trying to be a dick here. That was my rant. Was it was it too brutal? I'm sorry. No, so where no. do you have him? You have him I've right been, outside the second? Or first. right outside the first? I have him at 32. Um, okay. I think Corey has some top 20 still. Sorry. I'm just, I'm just outing Corey left and right on this. No, podcast, no, no, so. no, no, no. <laughs> I, I get it. I, 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 Hey, and for everyone that's listening, that's a Filipowski diehard. I'm sure Corey will have his pitchfork lit in the morning and be like, Rucker, wake up. We did. <laughs> I don't know. I just, and like, I'm looking right now, I could probably move him back up to, uh, I just also like some of these other guys. Like, I don't know. I've moved AirPods up into the late or early second. Everyone can't get, figure out that 
that nickname. I'm not even going to say who it is. got to figure out that nickname. So, but go ahead. No, that I, I, I think that's all I got. So, and anything else you want to kind of get to? No, I mean, I feel like I'm going to get just the Lord's wrath tomorrow about Filipowski from some people. <laughs> um, but it's fine. I'm okay with that. Um, I'm moving Case and Wallace up. I don't care what anyone says. I got him in my top 10. I feel so good about that. I really want Indiana to go on a little bit of run because I think Hood Shafino and TJD could use a little bit just of an elbow up the boards because I I, I think they're both first rounders. Same. Okay. You got quiet after that Filipowski hour, so now I really feel like I insulted. <laughs> no, you. no, no, not at not at all. Um I, you were just you were just on a roll. I'm, 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 I'm letting you take the stage. I can't wait to go. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to go watch this film. Unbelievable. This is how it works, and then I'm gonna be like, "What did I say?" No, but like I when, just, we're, when like, we're talking about guys who could really see big bumps, um, in you know, in the tournament, he's he definitely fits that bill because when you see how hard he plays, how he kind of moves his feet on both ends of the floor, um, and uh, you know the the shooting mechanics, they do look good. It's just the results not there. But if he's shooting, um, if his shooting percentages throughout the rest of the season match what the form looks like, people are going to get really, really excited. Um, if he keeps rebounding like he has most of the season where he's getting 10 to 20 rebounds a game, people are going to get really, really excited. And then if he decides to bring out the passing that he showed as a high schooler and you know starts flaring the ball all over the court, People are going to get really, really excited. So I think when we talk about tournament breakout guys, he's he should be a name at the top of the list because there's a lot to like there. I just think it's a lot more theoretical than realistic. And I mean, for everyone that's like going to roll their eyes at me, like, yeah, you look at his box scores, they look pretty damn impressive. And his last eight games, his shooting splits are 40-22. Yeah, just every everything's tough and everything's straight through the chest of the defender. And I I know that in theory you're like, oh, this should be a floor spacing big, but I'm like, all year we we're talking like he, you know, he's been shooting 30, 20 percent, 30 percent. And like, and I this could also be a guy that goes to the next level, plays with way more talent, and Filipowski looks so much better. Yeah. I'm not ruling that out. I just a top 20 guy, I I'm not there yet. Could I at the end of the year, regroup and put him up in my top 35. Absolutely. I'm just, I'm buying a little bit right now on Bona. I love Bona and things say things will change. I know I'm trying to cover my ass right now, but I, I, I I have them low. I'm standing by it. Bring the heat. All right, Rucker. This is a blast. Great to have you back. Plug away. Uh, no, yeah, it was a great one. Thanks guys. Um, Go check out Metcalf's article tomorrow. He's going to be writing about Cam Whitmore. That one should be very exciting. Um, I'm at Tyler underscore Rucker on Twitter. You can message me and tell me I don't like Duke players. I'll be excited about it tomorrow. That's not true. Um, Also, Metcalf shared with me a little project that he's excited to do later in the year, our draft cycle, and I – I'm, I'm like more excited about anything that I'm going to write. So it's going to be really cool. I think it's brilliant. I'm going to have to, I don't know. 
I'm, I'm excited about it. I want to help him out in some way, but it's going to be great. So that's all I got. Metcalf missed you. Sorry about my Filipowski rant. Sorry to everyone listening. I love you all. Great to have you back, bud. Well, once again, I'm Tyler Metcalf. You can follow me on Twitter at TMetcalf11. Uh, you can find all of our written work. That's 100% free at noceilingsnba.com. Just click that subscribe button while you're there to make sure that you never miss anything that we publish, including my breakdown of Cam Whitmore scoring that is going up on Friday. Uh, you can follow us across all socials at No Ceilings NBA and on YouTube at No Ceilings TV. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating. Until next time, see ya.